This is Matthew Cratter from Bitcoin University. Today I wanted to talk about what's called a Bitcoin speculative attack. And this is a follow-up actually to my last three videos. The first one, Coinbase's Bitcoin will be seized, followed by Bitcoin 6102 attack. And then yesterday's video, Could Bitcoin Bankrupt the US Government, in which we talked about this fact that when anyone sells off a bit of their US government bonds, their treasuries, and buys Bitcoin with the proceeds, at the margin this creates upwards pressure on Bitcoin and downwards pressure on the US dollar, pumping Bitcoin and attracting new Bitcoiners. Again, this is at the margin, but it is a cumulative effect and price is always set at the margin. At the margin as well, this also puts upwards pressure on interest rates and makes it more difficult for the US government to borrow money. When no one else wants to buy these US government bonds that are being sold off by people, then the Fed is forced to print US dollars and buy the bonds as the buyer of last resort, thereby pumping Bitcoin a bit more against US dollar because they're printing more US dollars. So this, as we discussed yesterday, this is an easy way to vote with your money and defund profligate governments wherever you may live. I thought after making this video though that I would be remiss not to mention another form of speculative attack, which is very famous in the area of Bitcoin thought. This is one which has been discussed widely since 2014, thanks to Pierre Rochard and the amazing Nakamoto Institute. This is the essay that started it all. It's called Speculative Attack and was published on Independence Day in 2014, which I think is pretty funny. This essay is based on the fact that when you borrow money from a bank, the bank prints up some fresh US dollars for your loan. US banks are highly leveraged, so they don't just lend out another customer's money to you. Rather, they print up fresh US dollars. This increases the total supply of US dollars. Meanwhile, the total max supply of Bitcoin remains at 21 million coins. So if you borrow US dollars to buy Bitcoin, you're actively helping not just to pump Bitcoin, but also to devalue the US dollar by increasing its supply, thanks to this quirk that banks create new money when they lend. And this is a problem with a debt-based system like the US dollar. It's hard to imagine what genius thought that fiat money that's based on debt like this would be a good idea. If you're enjoying this video so far, I just ask you to please hit the subscribe button. That really helps this channel's reach. Hit the like button, leave a comment, question, topic for a future video, and share this video with a friend or family member. So how does the central bank defend its currency against this sort of speculative attack where people are borrowing and buying Bitcoin? The real way of doing it, the only real way of doing it besides buying Bitcoin and putting it on the balance sheet would be to raise interest rates. And that leads to the question, how high would the Fed need to raise interest rates in order to defend the US dollar against a speculative attack backed by Bitcoin? In this case, the Fed would need to hike rates above Bitcoin's CAGR, which is its compounded annual growth rate, because you're going to borrow and buy Bitcoin all day long, as long as your returns are higher than the financing costs that you're paying. And the only way for the Fed to make it very difficult to finance these trades would be to hike interest rates really high. Unfortunately, Bitcoin's CAGR is anywhere from 100%, maybe down to 30%, 20% or something like this. So that would be the interest rate that the Fed would need to hike to in order to defend the US dollar against Bitcoin. And this is in the context that even measly 5% interest rates already completely blew up the US banking system last year and required the BTFP bailout without which all of these banks would not be able to conduct business. Add to this the fact that interest payments on US debt are already north of one trillion. They're climbing very rapidly. And so if the Fed were to raise interest rates, this would also blow up the US government through higher borrowing costs. We can see here, this is the current expenditures on interest payments. So we can see it's above a trillion dollars as of the fourth quarter of 2023. 
Now, how does a speculative attack, what does it look like? This would be one version of it, even though it's using convertible notes. It's the same basic principle, microstrategy. This was back in December of 2020. They borrowed 400 million in order to buy more Bitcoin, and they were able to buy approximately 29,646 Bitcoin for $21,925 a piece. And as Saylor points out here, we raised 650 million at less than 1% interest, called 75 basis points. For all practical purposes, it becomes free money. And this is true, especially when the rate of inflation in that currency is much higher than the interest rate you're borrowing at that makes your loan evaporate over time. Saylor goes on to say, we invested that in Bitcoin. As Bitcoin has appreciated, our treasury has appreciated. We think that gives us a really strong treasury reserve. So this is an example of borrowing US dollars, using it to buy more Bitcoin, and in a way launching a speculative attack on the US dollar. Now in this essay, in the speculative, speculative attack essay from the Nakamoto Institute, Pierre Rochard shows us how we can be like Sailor too. So this is a quote from that essay. On the liability side of the Bitcoiners balance sheet, there are mortgages, student loans, car loans, credit cards, etc. Everyone admonishes people to not borrow in order to buy Bitcoin. The reality is that money is fungible. If you buy Bitcoins instead of paying down your mortgage's principal, you are a leveraged Bitcoin investor. Almost everyone is a leveraged Bitcoin investor because it makes economic sense within reason. The cost of borrowing, the annualized interest expenses, interest rates ranging from 0 to 25% is lower than the expected return of owning Bitcoins. So I think that's a really good thing to point out. I love this uh, meme from Dr. Bitcoin MD. My mother just called to let me know she's refinancing the house to buy more Bitcoin. My mother is running a speculative attack on the US dollar. Did you buy Bitcoin with your STEMI checks a few years back? If so, those STEMI checks were just fresh US dollars printed up by the Fed. And if you did this, you helped to participate in a speculative attack on the US dollar with the full knowing and participation of the US federal government, which I find quite amusing, as does uh, Francis Pouliot for Canada. It's a small revenge, but knowing that you bought Bitcoin with a Quebec welfare cuck bucks and contributed to the speculative attack that will ultimately bring down the provincial and federal governments can definitely help your morale. Try it, see it for yourself. And he talks, he references Quebecers receiving between 200 and $275. I believe during the pandemic. Now, borrowing money directly to buy Bitcoin can be tricky. You can get margin calls. You might not be able to roll the loan when it comes to maturity. But what happens if you borrow money that's collateralized by an asset that you are already going to buy and that can, cannot get a margin call like a house or a car? So for example, when you have a mortgage on your house, even if the price of your house were to fall 90%, you can't get a margin call where you have to put up more money. All you need to do is to be able to keep making those monthly payments. That's the real key. So what would happen if you took out a slightly larger mortgage than you needed to buy the house and then use those extra funds to buy Bitcoin? That would be a form of a speculative attack on the dollar. And your loan in this case would be collateralized by the house. So it'd be much easier to hold than holding uh, Bitcoin as collateral, which is much more, much more volatile. Again, don't go crazy with this idea. Make sure that you can handle all the interest payments. But I think that paying down debt probably doesn't make as much sense for many people today as buying Bitcoin with the cash instead. At least that's my personal opinion. It's not investment advice. Dollar cost averaging into Bitcoin and hodling for the long term is still going to work the best for most people. But if you're a bit more financially sophisticated and you do have that access, you have that ability to borrow because of your income or because of your connections or your net worth, consider ways of borrowing money at interest rates 
that are lower than Bitcoin's expected CAGR, especially if you can collateralize that borrowing with something other than Bitcoin. Borrow using a currency that's programmed by central bankers to lose value every year. The Fed itself has said, and all central banks say, that they target annual inflation, which is, in other words, loss of purchasing power of 2-3% a year. It's officially 2%, but they're thinking of raising it. So borrow using a currency that's programmed by central bankers to lose value every year. Then use the proceeds to buy a currency that was programmed by Satoshi to pump forever. Then at some point, you can just take your profits and pay off the fiat loan, or you can keep rolling the loan if that's available. I'd encourage you to check out the full essay by Rochard, and it does include some interesting FX trades where you do speculative attacks on weaker fiat currencies that I did not discuss in this video, but it's definitely worth taking a look at, as well as all the essays at the Satoshi Nakamoto Institute, including the complete Satoshi with all his quotes and Mempool, which contains all these amazing essays. And uh, I'm just in the process of beginning to explore it. So I'd encourage you to do that too. While you're at it, you can support the founders by following uh, Pierre Rochard at Bitcoin Pierre. I'll put a link in the description notes below, as well as Bitstein, of course, at Bitstein, both of whom were founders of the Satoshi Nakamoto Institute. It's really amazing when you take a look at this, the introduction to this essay talks about a lot of the FUD that we still experience today. Bitcoin's too complicated, doesn't have the right governance structure, the security is too hard to get right, existing and upcoming fiat payment systems are, are going to be superior, it, and lastly, these, these three, of course, it's too volatile, the government will ban it, it won't scale. So these guys at the, at the Nakamoto Institute were definitely ahead of their time in terms of exploring these issues. So I'd encourage you to check out their essays. If you enjoyed this video, be sure to hit the subscribe and like buttons. Hit the notification bell if you want to be notified when I publish my next video. And let me know your questions and comments in the comment section below. Thanks all for watching, and I'll see you in the next video.